Kenny Omega appears again, and this time for an even better reason. Uh, we have a wonderful ladder match between Kenny Omega and Michael Elgin. Now, I'm not the biggest Elgin fan. I've seen a few of his matches in Ring of Honor and so forth, and he's good. And I'm a huge Kenny Omega mark, no question. The guy can just frickin' go. Plus, he is so smart about working a crowd. And he does something amazing. And AJ did this a little bit, but Kenny does it even better. He works with the Japanese crowd like a Japanese crowd thinks an American wrestler works with an American crowd. And it's not really. It's way smarter than any American wrestler, with the possible exceptions of guys like John Cena, were, or even Flair back in the day, would work with a crowd. And Omega is so good at it. He's amazing. The Young Bucks do it too, to a degree, but not nearly as successfully as Omega. This match alone is 100% badass. That's the only way to put it. But at the same time, if you're comparing it to WWE ladder matches of the last decade, it doesn't hold up a spectacle. It's not like the great ladder match from last December uh, with the tag teams. It's not even Flair versus Edge. But it does harken back to, I think, the second Michaels-Ramon match in that they were interested in telling a story using a ladder as a prop, as opposed to making all of these spots possible because you have a ladder. It's, it's a very subtle distinction. One is about establishing a concept and story and presenting it. The other one is about having moments that you want to be impacting on your audience. This is the problem I have with the first TLC match in that it established that as a pattern for these, whereas the latter matches up to that point, in particular I'll point to Triple H versus The Rock, or the latter matches between Michaels and Ramon, where it's less about that and more about telling a comprehensive story. What works here, though, and there are some spots here that are designed to be super memorable, the bridging the ladder across two trash cans and then powerbombing Kenny Omega through it, that's a great spot. But it's all in the purpose of a bigger story. And the story is, Elgin is a tough guy, a strong guy, a powerful guy, working against a guy who believes he is the guy. And it's a give and take in this one that is so clean. There's a great moment where you have Omega going for a, I'm not entirely sure what it was, to be honest, but he ends up getting tossed. Oh, I think it was a moonsault off the ladder. And he ends up getting caught by uh, Elgin and then tossed into the ladder face first. It's a beautifully simple spot, but it works. And what you're noticing the whole way through is how good Kenny Omega is at making Michael Elgin look like a superstar. And I really wish they had given Elgin a longer run. 
Uh, I understand his injuries and his issues, which is a shame because I think he he should be in the mix. Like if I were booking him after Omega wins the title on the fourth, and if he doesn't, they're fools. I would put Omega with uh, Naito first. Follow it up by having him beat Tanahashi to establish him as the sort of the next generation. And then have him enter into a two or three match series with Elgin to sort of establish that he's facing his demon, as it were. The entire match is worked with an American concept using a Japanese set list of moves and Japanese intensity. And it's, it's not cutting edge. I bet you, for New Japan fans, it felt cutting edge. This match alone shows what happens when you let two guys go with a concept, and they still deliver along a traditional path. I mean, there's some, there's some you know, bullet club gimmicky stuff, the handcuffing of Elgin to the uh, ropes, uh, the great run, a series of run-ins by everyone. My personal favorite being Ricochet and uh, Matt Seidel uh, running in and taking out the Bucks. But it's a phenomenally smart match, and I really recommend it. And it was my match of the year until I rewatched the match I'm going to be talking about next. So stay tuned.